inside the snow is falling and friends are calling you who. Let's snuggle up together for some. Da, 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 da. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. I'm Morgan. And I'm Isabel. And this is Womance, a holiday spectacular. This is a podcast <laughs> about romance novels, about Christmas. About quads. About Santa Claus being an imperial ruler. About ear surgery. About (laughs) faded mates. But most of all, it's about that first thing. Romance novels. And our holiday selves. So we're saying holiday, but this is a very Christmas episode. Ruthlessly Christmas. Ruthlessly Christmas episode. This week, based on your countless votes... We are reading Vixen's Faded Mate, Arctic Shifters, Book 4 by R.E. Butler. You guys, we asked you who would be the sexiest reindeer. No Rudolphs. And you all voted very much on the ruby red nose and went with Vixen. Yeah, although I did have an interesting exchange with someone who's like, I guess Donner's hot, but he was a bad dad. <laughs> and it was like, good point. He's got weird hot dad, bad dad vibes. That's interesting to know about you. That I think Donner is a sexy dad voice in the 1964 Rudolph claymation special. That you think bad dads are sexy. Oh, no, not like not as a rule, but like I thought Donner. But Donner was. Yeah. He's your one exception. One of several. <laughs> not more than five. He makes your cheeks rosy. He did. Ooh, don't be supportive of me because I'm different, daddy. Definitely. You bad daddy. Put coal on my nose. Oh, I fucking forgot about that. Yeah, hide your light. I can't believe you like him. I don't. I just thought he had a sexy, authoritative no. voice. You know what? Actually, it tracks. It does. I mean, like, why is this surprising to you about me? It shouldn't be. (laughs) That claymation has a lumberjack and a dentist. So I will read the about this book for you guys. Heads up, it's three full paragraphs. (laughs) But this actually does a really thorough job of explaining the book. Do you actually want to take turns with the paragraphs? No, I think you've got it. Okay, which if you have your Kindle open and you look up Meyer, it says Swamp. Mm-hmm. Meyer, the vixen position on the sleigh team, has watched three of his friends and fellow shifters find their faded mates. He holds out hope that he'll find his faded mate soon, but since he's able to leave North Pole City for only 24 hours every year, he's not sure when he'll meet his one and only. When a non-quad shifter survives a near-fatal accident two days before Christmas Eve, they discover he had an affair with a human woman and had a child with her. Meyer is tasked with bringing the daughter to NP to meet with Santa Claus. What Miter doesn't count on is that she's his faded mate. At this point, I said, oh, it's a guy falling in love with a baby. Mm-hmm. It's not. Noelle Jackson has known her whole life that she wasn't entirely normal. Born with pointed ears that her mother had altered with plastic surgery, she's always felt out of place. When a dark-haired, gorgeous man, who's also a reindeer, that's not in there. When a dark-haired, gorgeous man shows up at her apartment and tells her that he can take her to visit her injured father, she jumps at the chair. <laughs> she sure does. She feels connected to the mysterious Meyer. Meyer's mysterious. Whose eyes flash 
Are you ready? Mm -hmm. From brown to gold whenever he looks at her. When Noelle is magically whisked away to the North Pole, she feels right at home for the first time in her life. In a place where the magic is real, can Santa Claus grant Noelle and Meyer their Christmas wish to spend the rest of their lives together? Or will her father's deceit mean NPC is closed to her forever? The idea that North Pole City is abbreviated to NPC, which also is an acronym for non-player character. Oh, what's that? It's when and the game generates a character for you to interact with that isn't controlled by anybody. Oh, okay. So anytime that North Pole City was abbreviated to NPC, I was like, it is an NPC. No one's playing. We're just interacting. That's basically my review of this book. Is that like a Fortnite joke? <laughs> it's like an all role playing online game joke. So like you have NPCs in World of Warcraft, you have NPCs in any game that you play that isn't like first person shooter. All right. NPC. So this is a brief little novella. Do you know what I actually found fascinating is that we had two shifter series to choose from once we decided we wanted to talk about a reindeer shifter for our holiday spectacular. Yeah, I was actually kind of shocked. It was like something that was surprising until it was like not surprising at all. Right. What can I say about the idea of shifter reindeer that uh, or the idea that Santa's reindeer are shifters and are looking for their fated mates that they aren't just magical creatures that, you know, pull a sleigh. Boy, it's like, do you love Christmas? Do you love romances? Do you love paranormal romance? Let's just cook that into a stew and give it to you all the time. You know, I was like, has there ever been like a sexy, illustrated, like animated reindeer? Like, because there's been like Robin Hood was pretty sexy. Yeah. There is precedent. Mm-hmm. For sexy animal humans. Indeed. Lola Bunny mm-hmm. for our feminine inclined listeners was probably a big thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I cannot think of a single time a reindeer was hot. No. And like, especially since reindeer came back into more of a moment with Frozen with Kristoff's reindeer. Yeah. Buddy. Also not sexy. Not sexy at all. So this is... A so big dog. This is, I feel like, the only space outside. I'm sure there's furry stuff. Furries. Mm. We should talk about that. <laughs> but, um, that. but I think we're like, a reindeer is like very hot. But then at the same time... He doesn't just shift into. Yeah, exactly. He shifts into like, oh my God, a polar bear, an Arctic fox, a snowy owl, and a reindeer. And it drives me crazy because every time they talk about his shifter status, it lists out. There is one instance in the book where they say a fox and an owl and a bear. Every time it's a polar bear, an Arctic fox, a snowy owl. Also like... I think one of those, potentially two, are sexy, right? I can see the polar bear appeal. I'm into that. I can also potentially see this Arctic fox, although Arctic foxes are very small. Like a Robert Downey Jr. type. Sure. But I'm like a snowy owl. I'm surprised since you're so horned up for mean dad. A snowy (laughs) owl is like a very mean dad. He like No. A snowy owl is Hedwig. It's like a very competent (laughs) female feeling creature. Owls do feel female. I wonder if it's because of Athena. Probably. Probably. Do you remember the evil owl in The Secret of Nim? I do. He was terrifying and blind. He was so scared. Yes. All this water and none to drink. All this eye real estate and none to see with. Yep. He saw with his heart and his wisdom. No, it was, he was, it was his like, he listened. Yeah. He saw with his ears. Mm-hmm. It was like out of the frying pan into the fryer mm-hmm. for those mice. 
It's true. That's a tough movie. What were we talking about again? Oh, yeah. Vixen's Faded Maid, Arctic Shifters, book four. Can we talk about the infrastructure rather than our hero and heroine to start? Yeah. Let's talk about the world of NPC, non-player character. Yes. So it's at the top of the world. There's a ton of magic, but only Santa Claus himself is magical enough to leave North Pole City at any time. Everyone else is locked in except for Christmas Eve day from 6 a.m. until 6 a.m. on Christmas Day. Day. So they have 24 hours where they can leave. And like the thing that also just like really freaked me out about the leave taking is that all of the elves and other shifters who are not reindeer are like running errands on behalf of North Pole City. It's not like they're having a good time. They're like going into the world to buy supplies. Well, but they would buy supplies quickly so that they could have sex with humans (laughs) that they picked up in local bars. It was like shore leave. Yeah, it is like shore leave. It's exactly like shore leave. It's like a secret fleek week. (laughs) All of the other male shifters are also elves. If you're a female born of this species, then you're not a shifter at all. You're just an elf. Misogyny. Cool. <laughs> neat, neat, neat. I had a lot of fun imagining a secret fleet week of elves who are also shifters who are just like coming to American bars on Christmas Eve. And they're like, I just bought a ton of plywood. Can I get you a beer? You know, those people who go shopping the day of Christmas Eve and it's like these poor employees could go home early if no one showed up. Right. But you always show up. Yeah. And it's those bastards. It's the people on shore leave from MPC. And it's like at Santa's bidding, which makes it even like crueler and like stranger. Do you know what's also kind of crazy is that the reindeer, in my mind, I'm like, they're the only ones who don't get shore leave. Like they have to fly around the world in that 24 hour period delivering presents to all the good boys and girls. But in fact, no, they are also able to run errands. And they do. And they do. Like human extraction (laughs) Also, the reindeer function is basically SEAL Team 6 and they like constantly monitor the North Pole. (laughs) Like they have all these consoles set up and they're just like watching shit. Yeah, it is very militaristic. Gosh, and Santa is definitely... Bad dad. He's the general. He is. And... um, Unquestioning authority. I want to find an example. Oh, they also call Santa Claus SC and they call Mrs. Claus Mrs. C. Okay, here's where I wrote, is Santa the villain? (laughs) It's a great question. It's like a really fair question. So Meyer has met our heroine for the first time and delivered her back to NPC. North Pole City. And they want her an NPC because they found out this guy secretly knocked up a human woman on shore leave and a child was produced from that that he's been going back to see every year on Christmas Eve for 24 hours he's told her that he works in a toy factory in Canada and that the only time he can leave is on Christmas Eve which is basically true anyways Meyer sees her he's like that's my faded bait yeah he smells her and it's like nutmeg and cinnamon and he's like forever one time a girl told me I looked like I smelled like cinnamon and it was one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me that's a really nice thing Jack grinned that's fantastic yeah Vaughn said, but what if she doesn't know anything about us or what her father is? SC could wipe her memories and send her back to her own world. He's super pissed. Meyer looked down at his slumbering mate. He won't. How can you be so sure? SC isn't usually in the habit of rewarding people who break the rules, Vaughn said, because Noel didn't break the rules. Tobias did, and SC wouldn't separate faded mates. You know he wouldn't. Good point, Jack said. 
I've got your back. Why do you need to have your back if Santa is like chill? Because Santa is not chill. Santa, Santa is not is the, chill. Is the general. Everyone is like, listen, Noel, you'll be fine. You're my fated mate. You get to stay trapped here with us forever. Which of course doesn't feel like being trapped because she's like, I love Christmas. I love North Pole City. I don't think the series of novellas gets into too much the like feeling of entrapment when you've Mm-mm. been there for four years and you're just giving birth to a baby every year. Mm-hmm. But there's this thing where they talk about how the unmated shifters all live in a barracks together and if they get married they get their own private house which is also how the military works. 100%. There was this wonderful article that was about like the problem with the military incentivizing marriage so strongly which is like a lot of really young people getting married, getting this military housing and then being like incredibly unhappy. Yeah. I mean some people have a good time with it. Sure. But like the idea that like you are basically sleeping in a dorm room when Noelle and Meyer are going to have their first sexual experience. She's like, oh, you don't even have an ensuite bathroom. He's like, no, there's one at the end of the hall that I share with like fucking 40 other dudes. And she's like, mm, not for me. <laughs> like, no, yeah. she like says like, it's okay for now. Yeah. Because Noelle is for me like an elf. Yes. Like she's very positive. She's very helpful. She's very submissive. But I think the fact of their fated mateness kind of goes a long way to explain that. This was actually my first fated mate book that I've read. Weird first faded. Well, I mean, I guess I did read Twilight mm-hmm. and he imprints on a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents have a lot of little livestock on their farm and ducklings imprint. Mm-hmm. And there's a flock of ducklings who think they're horses and follow the horses around. And then there's a flock of ducklings who think they're chickens. <laughs> <laughs> That's so very sweet. That's very sweet. There's like a little herd. I find that way sweeter than Jacob imprinting on a baby. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that's what this book was going to be when I read the about at first. And I was like, oh, no, our listeners have led us astray. Vixen is not the hottest one. But it did turn out that you guys were right. Well, maybe. We He's didn't hot. read any of the other ones. Yeah. He's dark haired, dark golden eyed. Yeah. Washboard abs and turns into a polar bear. You know, here's the thing about shifters in particular. The idea of like subverbal communication being so important. Where it's mm. like he's constantly growling and then the growls are ascribed a kind of communication that like our heroine Noelle can understand but also like nominally everyone else where she's like that was a growl of possession and that was a growl of encouragement one of the things that's interesting to me about shifter romance is that this subverbal communication plays so heavily and I think that is potentially responding to non-communicative masculinity and like ascribing Mm. it a kind of whatever yeah yeah I totally get that when they're like strong silent type right he's not thinking anything (laughs) like but if he's a shifter he is but yeah he's he's just growling yeah he's growling his thoughts I also like the per it's kind of reminding me of like whenever my cat's on my chest he starts purring it's mm-hmm. like a very relaxing thing mm-hmm. and Noel is soothed by the low rumbling of the polar bear mm-hmm. and the polar bear body is his favorite body to be in besides human also would be mine really interesting to think about yourself as like a body that holds three other beings because mm-hmm. he does think of the polar bear, the snowy owl and the Arctic fox as three different personalities. We don't see anything but the polar bear and the reindeer in this. It's true. We don't. Novella. And the other thing I think that's interesting about being like a quad and the way that this book refers to it is that 
all of the entities are separate inside of him, but they're referred almost to like a crowd. It's always referred to as the beasts inside him, like Rose. Yeah. All fought to get to the surface and be near her. Right. And it's like, what if he turned into a combination of all four? That would have been really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been like Animorphs, but sexier. But the Animorphs, when they were like jumping the shark and it was like two different creatures (laughs) at once. Exactly. And I would have been like here for that because like, why not? You've already created a system where Santa Claus is a general who has a ruthless control over his workers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Personal lives. They're personal lives. Yeah. Massively interested in it. And then, um, like, why not? The other thing that was crazy about it is because it was written as beasts. (laughs) And I was, like, so primed for this novella to be sexy that, like, there were often times where I misread it as breasts. And so it's like, his breasts rose. And I was like, no, it's Uh, beasts. Do you think he has sex with other polar bears when he's a polar bear? No, because monogamy uh, is, like... Does this come up in shifter romances? The idea that, like, when you're shifted into an animal because it does happen in true blood which I guess it definitely has shifters in it 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 definitely has shifter sex scenes which I understand this is where my newbie status is going to come to the surface because this is the first shifter I've read but in attending conferences and talking to people I understand that shifter romances tend to be the hardcore sex Mm -hmm. kind of ones and so in true blood you turn into a were panther or you turn into a dog and you're likely to have sex with another animal Mm -mm. but that doesn't happen in these romances no and in fact whenever that question is asked by like the non-shifter faded mate or like the non-shifter creature that they fall in love with it's usually like a pejorative insult or it's like oh when you're in your other form you fuck with like animals and they're like no in my other form I still have like my living beating humanity it's just in that form so like again there's like something that could have been interesting that is like you know no bestiality is wrong I like shifters shifter romances in general believe that but like there's also this other thing where it's like very rare for a shifter romance to have the animal form have sex with the human form yeah and like sometimes they'll be in but that would be that would be bestiality it's not bestiality if a polar bear makes love to another polar bear it is if like the polar bear isn't a polar bear in its mind but what is it to be a shift like do you totally succumb no and then you're just like well in this case like he talks about it being an other within him and so in my mind he's just like taking a back seat to being like the form of the polar bear but he's not absent but he's still like but that's not fair then because they're like oh he's really aggressive but it's fine because he's a polar bear right now that's so like it feels like the moral compass shifts a lot whenever you're in your creatureness. you're form. given way more leeway yeah but you're never understood to be lacking your essential humanness and the bridge too far would be if he went out and found a lady polar bear to fuck <laughs> Yeah. What if he didn't go out and find her? She was just there. <laughs> she was in heat, consenting in the way that polar bears can consent. Because like a polar bear can't consent to a human, but the polar bear is like, you're another polar bear. Hop to it, you know? Well, then the question would be like, what kind of cub would she bear? Would she be able to bear? Would, she- <laughs> would it be a shifter cub? Like how much polar bear? Like, and I These think- are all interesting questions. And I think the reason why shifter romances don't have their shifters mate in the wild is because those questions become actually kind of thorny pretty quick. Like yeah. that's a lot of world building and like a lot <laughs> of like ethical stuff to sift through. Yeah. And the only time that I've ever seen that happen is 
season, my favorite comic series ever called Elf Quest, where Tamane changes her physical form. She's an elf with magical abilities and she changes her form into a wolf, mates with a wolf pack, becomes the alpha female and then gives birth to a half wolf, half elf. Uh-huh. And one of the consequences of that is that she brings mortality to Elf Kingdom. Oh, right. No, I know. Fascinating. If you haven't read Elf Quest, but I think podcast and a podcast. OK. Okay, so shifter romances aren't really interested in this kind of question. What is innate humanness? Like, what is the difference between a human and an animal? Seems to me like it would be the question, but that's not the question. Like, what is shifter and what is faded mates? Because I understand that these two ideas are pretty interlocked. Linked. Yeah. And so like, okay, so is part of the reason Shifter is so popular? Obviously, they're not wrestling with these questions of like moral ambiguity as animal versus human. They're just like, he's aggressive as a polar bear, but he's not going to have sex with another polar bear because he's still himself. But it's okay if he's aggressive because he is a polar bear right now. But it's also it's it's okay that he's aggressive in bed with you or it's okay that he's possessive or it's okay that he has shades of violence because there's a beast inside of him. Right. And like right. that's the question that Shifter likes to play it. Oh, where it's okay. like, what kind of violence in a human are we okay with accepting and normalizing, rationalizing, or discussing? So it's more interested in violence as nature. Violence as nature. Rather than, you know, what is human? What is animal? What are the lines? What is Right. That? And like what it is to like shackle the nature of violence. I think Shifter is very interested in that because like oftentimes when a, especially like an alpha male hero shifts into his form, it's like the unshackling of violence. It's like, a purity versus yeah. like in the human form there's like a lot of angst which is part of its enjoyment because you've got somebody like warring with themselves <laughs> okay okay so let's bring it back to Vixen right to not think too broadly mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff in Vixen mm-hmm. That I was not super comfortable with. But I think you're right. A lot of it was explained by the fact that he's this like... Quad shifter. This quad shifter. The superior race of shifters. <laughs> superior race of shifter elves. Because it means they can fly Santa's sleigh. Cool. <laughs> Which like, there's all these scenes where he's like polishing his harness. Which is crazy sexy. But yeah. like, also not because he's literally in a barn. That he's going to like get naked and then put on and then turn into a reindeer around it. Yeah. It's like he's just not going to wear that in his dorm barracks with Noel. <laughs> Wasted opportunity. I was picturing like a very Lederhosen, like John Tully embroidered. I was too with embossed like red leather. And leather. Yeah. yeah. Which is an interesting way to think of a harness on a human. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you think about a human being polishing a harness that they're going to don as they pull a sleigh as a beast of burden for Santa. With seven other dudes. With seven other dudes. I mean, that's kind of weird. Super weird. <laughs> Super weird. <laughs> but like, And then to give it a military aspect. Yes. It's even weirder. Do you know, one of the things... And I think we should get into it. Can we talk about weirdest part? Oh, yeah. Weirdest part for me was how little fun this book had with its Christmassiness. Like, there's a point where someone says, you scared the snow out of me. And I was like, hilarious. <laughs> it's going to be like this the whole way through. And then it's not. It's not. That's really weird. I'm so curious about the setup and like why the choice is like the reindeer are like SEAL Team 6, why they're all super hot, why they're all finding their faded mates, why they need to be quads. The North Pole City is based basically a surveillance state, why Santa Claus is so rigorously imposing Marshall 
martial law all the time. The only thing that was missing from this is like guns, which I'm glad it didn't have any. But that's my weirdest part where it's like Santa Claus is like this ruthless dictator of this like state this stateless state at the North Pole. I wrote Santa is a compound cult leader. Yes. There's this, Meyer had known that their leader loved them no matter how badly they screwed up. Right now though, he wondered. And I wrote Santa. (laughs) Yeah, Santa's a cult leader. And also that like Santa and Mrs. Claus are immortal, but we don't know if any of the other shifters are. And like a lot of hay is made of the fact that they can't have children because they're immortal. And then I'm like, that's a weird thing. Why do I need to know this? There's also stuff in this book like, I think it's written for an audience who's seeking out shifter romance and is like really familiar with it because there's stuff like he also mated her before he told SC about her, which I didn't understand what mated meant. I thought it meant like finding your mate, like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're mated. No, it's sex. And a specific exchange of bodily (laughs) fluids that isn't necessarily the one you're thinking. Yeah, it's like a vampiric blood exchange. Yeah. It's called blooding. I mean, in this book, it's called mating. So this specific kind of exchange is like a trope. Yes. In shifter romance. Okay. I was going to point out that it was another point in which this was a weirdly serious book for Christmas, but it's more of a shifter. It's more for shifter fans than it is for Christmas fans. People trying to get their holly jollies. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're right. It's like, oh, you like shifter? Let's put it at the North Pole. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So I guess, I guess weirdest part for me is, is, um, that like, I, I just, I've never (laughs) read a shifter romance and then for it to be Christmas centric probably wasn't the best way for me to enter the genre, the subgenre, I should say. Yeah. That's definitely throwing you into the deep end of the ice covered pond there. This week's episode of Womance is brought to you by Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment, including Audible Originals. Audible Originals are stories created exclusively for audio, including documentaries, exclusive audiobooks, and scripted shows that you can't hear anywhere else. Audible keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. You'll finish more stories when you listen with Audible and always be part of the conversation. With the convenient Audible app, you can listen anytime, anywhere, and on any day device, mobile, Alexa-enabled, Bluetooth, and more. Listen at the gym, while shopping, (laughs) in the car, while traveling. Anytime you can't read, you can listen with Audible. Audible members get more than ever before. Every month, you can choose one audiobook regardless of price, as well as two Audible originals from a fresh selection. Members stay motivated and inspired with unlimited access to exclusive guided fitness and meditation programs. Sign up for free updates from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the app. Audible members can easily exchange any (laughs) title they don't love at any time. Can confirm it is super easy. I did that recently. Uh, Members keep their library of listens forever, even if they cancel. Start a 30-day trial and choose one Audible book plus two originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash woe or text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B. B-L-E dot com slash woe W-H-O-A or text woe W-H-O-A to five zero zero five zero zero. This week we encourage you to check out Jason and Candace, the, the Wolf's, Wolf's Mate. Mate. Book one. If you enjoy R.E. Butler, if you enjoy Faded Mates, but you want them year-round, not just at the holidays, then Wolf's Mate is for you. It's got a really great review, and also it has a rating system 
system on Audible that tells you how hot to trot a story is. This one is sexy, which is one down from red hot, the sexiest a book can get. So you know it'll be great for those hands-free listening functions of Audible. Maybe the shower. Maybe somewhere else. Who knows? Whatever floats your boat. It's also narrated by... Dara Rosenberg. She has this really lovely, sweet voice that makes the dirty parts feel extra dirty. It really does. So that is our recommendation for this week. If you enjoy Faded Mates, definitely check out R.E. Butler's other works. And with that, mwah. Mwah. What's your weirdest part? That's a good question. I think my weirdest part is the fact that the names of the reindeer are actually positions that seem to have an implicit hierarchy. Yeah. And I couldn't figure it out. So like Vixen, fourth position, seems a higher position than the others. Than the other three. Right. Wait, eight tiny reindeer? Eight tiny reindeer. And he's in fourth position. So he's like solidly middle of the pack, but still above others. And like, that's a weird thing (laughs) to think of. Yeah. Yeah. You guys thought you chose the sexiest reindeer, but in fact, you just chose the most middling. Fourth position. Um, And then like, I guess for like how intense the faded mate shifter part of it was, I've also never read a shifter romance where the shifter could turn into four things. Why do you think they made that choice? I have literally no idea. Also, why can Maybe it becomes clear in the other series. I guess, but also like how like weirdly sexist it is that like ladies born at the North Pole are only elves and not shifters. Like that's <laughs> fucked up. And like, if it's not you fair to only turn into three things, you're basically an elf. It's like, I, there was so much weird stuff in this book for me. <laughs> it's like a literal tier system. Like I can only turn into, what do you think? Arctic Fox is going to be your first level. And then second level is going to be a snowy owl. And then third level is going to be a polar bear. And then if you reach reindeer, then you're like top of the heap. Yeah. And a quad isn't necessarily born to another quad. It seems like it's like a random happenstance. Of course, this is all speculation because we read a novella, which I think is actually a part maybe of an epic novel or maybe like each novella is just kind of like putting stuff out there. Yeah. A little Christmas treat. Yeah. It seems like something supernatural is a weird choice for a novella just because so much world building needs to happen for something outside of our regular understanding to make sense. Especially a novella around shifters. It's like they're speaking to a very specific readership and audience. It's somebody like is already seeking shifter, somebody is looking for a Christmas romance, is already really familiar with the tropes of the subgenre. So uh-huh. like a lot of that world building just happens because they just rely on the scaffolding of the subgenre to do the work. I was but surprised. But at if- the same time, yeah. I kind of understand why you would go like a faded mates route mm-hmm. because it, for a novella, for a shorter story, because it actually like cuts down on a lot of like, you know, choosing. <laughs> yeah. Or like the quandary <laughs> of like, will they, won't well, they? Yeah. It's like they have to, they have no other their choice. But these people are really not resistant to... Not at all. ...their fatedness. No. They're very resigned to it. There's no fighting. There's no fighting. There's just like quasi-excitement and then one sex scene. I was surprised by how unsexy this book is. Do you find Faded Mate Shifter stuff to be really sexy? Yeah, it usually has this like insane crackle. Where but it's like, like sexy, like you think it's sexy. It's your particular tipple? Or would it be like anyone's particular tipple? And if it's anyone's particular tipple, what about this tipple makes it everybody's tipple? 
This is what I will say. You have to sort of be primed for a paranormal shifter to be your tipple. But once you're there and it's written well, key point, (laughs) a faded mate can feel electric because the lust and the power just like comes off of them in waves. And like, especially the nonverbal communication becomes as critical as the emotional verbalization. And all of that stuff in the hands of someone who knows how to do it is insane. It's Mm -hmm. just delicious. This was like, we're faded mates. Let's make out. I guess we're going to have sex for a few hours and then I'm going to go pull Santa's sleigh and then uh, I guess we're going to get married. That is exactly what happens. The, I thought the sex scene was nice. Yeah, the sex scene was nice. I just wanted like more touching. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's a lot in this book for me that the, the sexy parts kind of get like, weirdly squished. So for example, the mark on her neck was healing. He stared at the two puncture wounds and felt pride, but also a strong sense to protect her. Perhaps if I was primed, I would not be as irked by the biting and not telling her about it. It was his to love and care for, and he'd spend the rest of his life ensuring that. He'd certainly never been happier. And I commented, did Santa do this to Mrs. Claus? (laughs) Great question. (laughs) Because there's also all these weird times where Santa and Mrs. Claus are like, I bet you two want to get back to your room huh? Yeah. And like the like workaround for Santa is to like bone the human first because then Santa is like, oh no, you guys bit each other. Now you're stuck here. Yeah, that's a weird thing. And then there are all of these like really melancholic little nuggets too. Like the fact that Mrs. Claus always wanted children, but she had to give up that for immortality so that she could be with Santa. <laughs> yeah, like what a want want. And it also made me think like, <laughs> what a want, want. like her dad has a one night stand during his one day shore leave and then shows up the next year to a woman he's met once and here's a baby on her hip. I've named it Noel because we had sex on Christmas and then he <laughs> continues to show up every year and like make sure that they have money and I think like she never marries. She never no. like has a relationship she with anybody dies else. from, there was a really specific kind of cancer too. Yeah. And he couldn't make it for the funeral. It's like Santa is gallbladder cancer. Yeah, gallbladder cancer. So specific. Yeah, it is so specific. There's like a a deep sadness. Yeah. But not in the way that like, if I was going to write a Christmas story, I would be like, there has to be some melancholy here because I think of like all of the greatest Christmas stories. Yeah. I'll have a blue Christmas or I'll be there if only in my dreams and God, like White Christmas. Yeah. Pretty much like every Christmas Christmas song. Yeah, but also like, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. You know, my family watches Christmas Vacation every Mm -hmm. year and I would have a hard time when I was a little girl with like Griswold's just struggling. Like he's like already planned for this pool and just wants to be the perfect family man and is thwarted at every turn. It kind of becomes overwhelming. Yeah. Even though it's too comedic delight, it's still like really like, oh. I feel that way about the musical turns in Home Alone. Yeah. Like you turn into- Even Home Alone, like he's left Home Alone. Yeah, and it's funny, but also- He's terrible and terrifying. Like, of course he's doing all these projects. He has to distract himself from the fact that he was forgotten by his family yeah. on Christmas. The yawning chasm of being forgotten. Yeah, yeah exactly. Merry Christmas, He's Calvin. trying, he's got to build a fucking booby trap over that chasm <laughs> so he can move on. Right. So like the melancholic notes didn't strike me oddly as someone who loves a melancholy Christmas. But they really stand out in this. They do. <laughs> Because they do feel like they're just kind of there. Whatever. Okay. Sexiest part. This is the first novella or novel in a long time that I'd read the phrase creamed. Yes, I noted that as well. Creamed. So good. And I was like, I was shocked. (laughs) 
<laughs> but shocked and delighted. Yeah, shocked and delighted. It's your sexiest part. Uh, yeah, when he is going down on her, like the cunnilingus and the fact that she creams, I was like, wow. Creams is really good. It is good. People should use it more. Sparingly, not sparingly. <laughs> Lay it on thick. <laughs> Heavy whipping cream. No half and half here. (laughs) All in. What if they had said she eggnogged? I mean, I was like, oh my god, what if it would have been she fun? This book was missing a little more fun, a little bit more Christmas spirit. Yeah, yeah. I liked the sex scenes actually. I had a little bit of difficulty with them for the most part. Once we get to a sex scene, I'm able to be like, okay, this is just fantasy. Like I've forgiven a lot in sex scenes because whatever floats your boat. I mean, the biting was a little like, ah, do you know blood play is a thing? Yeah, I mean, everything's a thing. We're reading a reindeer shifter (laughs) (laughs) literally everything is a thing yeah i shouldn't be like did you know just be safe out there kids but yeah i liked the creamed i do think it was a missed opportunity to bring Mm -hmm. an eggnog but the idea of him like polishing leather his harness that was super sexy oh the nudity i liked the nudity yeah because i like the idea of like being really kind of rugged and being able to be naked in the snowy arctic and i also liked you know, the lack of awareness for nudity. I think that's something that maybe is afforded in a shifter romance, this ability to be like, oh yeah, I'm naked. You know what's actually really great about shifter and paranormal is like someone always comments on the nudity and then like it's then up to the author like how they're going to do it. Because like I've read shifters where like they keep their clothes, which doesn't make any sense. (laughs) They just wear stretchy fabric. Yeah, it's like that's silly. Sweatpants. (laughs) Nudity. Just just picture a polar bear lumbering around in CVS sweatpants. That's like red, you know, for the season. It's just like, it's silly. Silly. So I like... Little polar bear butt and it's little sweatpants. Yeah, it's adorable. It's a little tail. But whenever it's in human form, it's like, why do you have a weird slit on your ass crack? <laughs> no, it's Pooping. for when I shift and I have to have a cute little Real, hole for my, my tail butt. and also if I poop. Pooping. But I think that's one of the things that's really nice where like paranormal and shifter romances are like, their bodies... They do things. But I don't think they like talk about pooping. No. Oh my God, never. But like the idea <laughs> that like you got like swinging dongs everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, I, I don't know. They're just like, they're swinging dongs. Yeah. It's just like swinging dongs. I love it. <laughs> swinging dongs in the snow. In Santa's military industrial complex. Yeah. Right in front of Mrs. Claus. <laughs> She's cool with it. It's She's fine with it. Swinging dongs. She's seen a lot of swinging dongs. <laughs> do you know time. the other thing is like, she like has never been able to have children, but she thinks of everyone as her children, but she's the only immortal so she's watched all of them die for generations yeah mrs claus has a hard <laughs> row to sew man mrs claus is the most tragic character of vixen's faded mate it's an so arctic true. shifters series book <laughs> number four yeah poor mrs claus okay well have yourself a merry little christmas mrs claus you deserve it well answer no man no man i would be curious about how this maybe potentially started i had fun but like not enough fun it kind of sounds like a dare you know, like it started off as like the author kind of challenging themselves, if I can wildly speculate on mm-hmm. an author's intentions. But, you know, it kind of sounds like a fun idea. So the dialogue's clunky. Yep. And the story is kind of rushed, mm-hmm. but it hits what I would think 
would be the every main point. Beat. Yeah. And so I get the sense that it's someone who writes a lot of these kinds of books mm-hmm. and can churn them out and then just kind of churned it out. It mm-hmm. feels a little rushed. It feels a little first draft mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways. So it's a nomance for me. But maybe if you like shifters, would you please purchase this book for 99 cents and tell us like, is this a good shifter romance? What do you think? You've read shifter romances. You've read like this side. What is it? Side Changeling series. Yeah, the Side Changeling series. Well, some of them. Yeah. I haven't read all of them. It's a a huge series. series. It's a real commitment. I would say that this is a lower quartile. (laughs) Okay. I mean, like it hit all of its beats, but like Meyer's not that interesting and neither is Noelle. Also the name Meyer. Can we not name children Meyer? It's like a a quagmire. Yeah. Yeah. Or he became mired. It's Mm -hmm. literally like a swamp. Yeah. And like that never happens. There's no swamp of emotions. There's no like mire of choice. Yeah. There's like real missed opportunity with that name. But you know what? Chicago's a swamp. Sure is. I love Chicago. Me too. I like swampy feelings. (laughs) Damp stuff. All right. With that. Loosen your harness. But never your principles. Whoa, golly gee. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance. Womance is hosted by Isabeau. That's me. And Morgan, that's me. Production is by Nick Gravelin. Our webmistress is the incomparable Jane Bonzac. And our illustration and logo were created by Mary Reichman. They're the best. If you'd like to follow, creep, or connect with us on our social media platforms, you can find us at mans underscore woe on Twitter, womance on Instagram, or email at womancemail at gmail.com. You can also hang out out on our amazing website at womanspodcast.com. You can support us by using our code to visit our sponsors or go to our Patreon where we are Womance. Womance is officially part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Discover more podcasts just like our own centering on romance and reading at frolic.media slash podcast. Until next week. Mwah. <laughs>